Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Always Learning Podcast. Thank you for listening. Today, I had an amazing guest. It was awesome. So it was the uh, founder of the Real Estate Insider Movement, Mr. Bill Crane. Um, he's, he's amazing. He dropped an hour of just crazy value. He's been in the real estate industry for uh, 27 years now. Um, he's written books. He's created lead generation systems, sales conversion systems. Um, he's really looking to change the way that people buy, sell, and leverage real estate. Um, he, he has some really cool stories. He has crazy good sales experience and he, and he dropped a story about how, um, he was, was really just kind of browbeating certain people and winning the sale, but he just realized, you know, and this is 20 years ago that that's just not the best way to do it. And, um, since then his book of business is, is absolutely skyrocketed because he um he just knows how to take care of people and really help them get to where they want to go, which is really why sales is, is a good thing and not necessarily a bad thing, just has bad salespeople. So um, give it a listen. As always, we love feedback, guys. Uh, throw us comments um, as much as possible. Uh, subscribe, review us, um, and then stay till the end because Bill uh, drops an offer exclusive to this podcast for you guys. If, uh, if you have any interest in taking that up. So check it out and enjoy, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. And we're live with Mr. Bill Crane. What's up, Aaron? How's it going, man? Good to see you, as always. Uh, for those that are listening to audio, I actually get to see Bill. You guys don't? Too bad. <laughs> Maybe you'll um, share it somewhere. I will. I definitely will. So uh, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, as you know, a lot of our audience is realtors. And so I just know that they're going to just eat up a lot of the stuff you have to say. So I appreciate it. I love realtors. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, let's just jump, jump right in. So uh, tell our, our people um, a little bit about yourself in terms of background, experience in the field, uh, honestly, this could be a 45 minute podcast on just this, but we'll, we'll give them the basics. So, um, you know, first of all, when'd you get started? Uh, well, the interesting thing is I actually got started in sales at five years old. Okay. Like I, and it's, it's a long story, but I'm going to make it short. So like my mom made me sell pine cones at a truck stop because we were poor. And so that was my first introduction to sales. Now the awesome thing, how that tied into real estate is because all throughout my life, my, my mom made me sell stuff. So that was the first thing. But then, I mean, I've sold everything from candy bars to cans of pop, newspapers, telephone books, even steak knives to people's doors in our apartment complex, which is kind of weird, like to show up at someone's door trying to right. sell a steak knife. <laughs> I was in high school when I did that. So, you know, got some weird reactions. But what it really did for me, and I was lucky, is that, because my mom trained me that way as a kid, I was never afraid to talk to strangers. Like most people raise their kids, don't talk to strangers, which right. is probably a good thing. I'm not telling anyone not to do that. However, it kind of screws us up a little bit when we want to go out to, into the world and start a business and then start selling stuff. So like in real estate, everyone starts selling to their friends and their family. And then all of a sudden, two or three of those buy a house and everyone else doesn't want to hear from you anymore. Right. <laughs> so now you have to talk to strangers, but you've been raised your whole life not to do that. Right. Uh, so for me, it was interesting because 
Um, I went into real estate after having a successful construction business, remodeling business, and, and because I was never afraid to sell, when I first started getting trained by my broker, uh, my, first of all, I started at Remax, so my broker didn't have any training. And after about a week there, I said, Ed, when does the training start? And he says, uh, 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 what training, Bill? And I, I'm like, Ed, come on, you're, you sold me. Remax is the biggest and the best company in the world. And so, like, you should have the biggest and the best training. And, I, and he's like, well, we don't have any training. Maybe they do now. I don't know. That was back in 1997. Hopefully sure. they have some training. now. Um, but then I said, no, Ed, you told me about this and you told me that. And he's like, oh, well, that one's Coldwell Banker and that one's Century 21. And I'm like, crap. So like I took everything I heard in my head about this training stuff. And then when Ed told me they were 100% commission with no split, and I just had to pay a desk fee, but I already knew about overhead because I had the construction company. Yep. Like somehow it just all mushed together for me. And I said, okay, hundred percent commission, all this amazing training, let's do this. Right. Um, but then, you know, we had that conversation and I'm like, well, Ed, you knew I was fresh out of real estate school. Like you should have told me this. Why didn't you tell me? Yep. And he literally said, well, Bill, if I would have told you that you wouldn't have joined. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Right. You've got to do something. Because I said, Ed, I know how to sell stuff. You know, I, I'm lucky. My mom raised a little salesman. Yep. And um, so I'm not afraid to sell stuff, but I don't know how to sell real estate. Someone's got to teach me what to do, what to say. Yep. And, and he's like, okay. So he goes into like this broom closet and digs around for 30 minutes. And finally he comes out of there with this VHS tape. Uh, <laughs> If you, you know, like I'm dating myself again, but it was like this VH to, he had to blow the dust off of it. And he's like, just take this home and watch it. And it was like one of the first trainings that Mike Ferry had ever put out. Okay. And so what's interesting, and it, it still exists to this day, is the real estate industry beats into people's heads that it's a numbers game, that every no leads to a yes, and that people don't want to hear from you. They're going to be mad what you call them. They're going to be pissed when you knock on their door, and they, they don't want to talk to you. You're like the fire department. They'll call you if they have an emergency, but don't ever bug them. Sure. Uh, and then those, those scripts that everyone teaches are based upon the, the whole experience is going to suck anyways. So they've never put any creativity into developing the scripts and it's the same scripts have been going on for 50 years and they still teach them and they they built in it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that people don't want to hear from you yep. that people don't want to know what you have to say they don't want to work with agents the first sale by owners you know kill real estate agents as a hobby on the weekend yep um so you know what they did they took this kid that no fear of selling no fear of talking to strangers and they scared the crap out of them mm -hmm. So then I started using their scripts and I was like, oh my God, they're right. This guy just called me this name that I can't even say right now on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if Aaron has the ability to believe it. And I certainly don't want him to have to. Right. So, so I'm called every name in the book. And, and after doing a bunch of those calls, all of a sudden, like, I feel myself, like, I, I don't want to pick up the phone. I, I don't want to dial the number. Yep. So like, I'm like, that is so weird. So what I had to do is to force myself to make the calls is I invested in something called a predictive dialer. Mm -hmm. 
People still use them today. In fact, I got a call on one just a few minutes ago and how you know you're getting a call from someone with a predictive dialer because what the thing is, is it learns the average amount of time it takes for the salesperson to get hung up on. Mm -hmm. It then, because it learns that, it's supposed to time everything, automatically dial the next number and the instant someone hangs up on you, there's like a one second delay and the next person says hello. Right. And you go straight into your pitch again. So I had to do that because I was scared out of my mind to pick up the phone and dial a phone number. But I knew, uh, you know, at this point, I'm in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. I, I've got a bunch of kids. I, I don't have a college degree. Uh, I'm not good at having a job anyways because, you know, I'm just like a super high D personality type. I, I don't like being told what to do. I'm really good at telling other people what to do. <laughs> like when someone tells me, I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if I can sense they're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, so I'm like not an ideal, ideal employee by any means. So I had to force myself to do it because, uh, you know, my wife and I made an agreement and partially because uh, she was lucky enough to grow up when her mother was at home. Mm -hmm. And I had the unfortunate circumstance of my dad bolted when I was little. So my dad, my mom was my mom and my dad. Yeah. And so like, I didn't have a dad. And like, so we decided, you know, we want uh, to have the mother at home full time. Mm -hmm. That was awesome for her. And for me, I never really saw my mom except for at the end of the day when she was exhausted and mad and everything. Of course. Um, so she wasn't going to go to work. So I had to figure out how to make all the money. Yeah. And because we didn't know what budgeting was, I had to figure out how to make more money than she was going to spend in that month. But I never knew how much she was going to spend and she never wanted to skimp on the kids. Uh, so, so I had to force myself to make these phone calls, which is why I bought the predictive dialer. Yep. So, I, so I could just put all the numbers in there, make the calls. That was before do not call. Uh -huh. So I didn't have to concern myself with that. But over a period of a bunch of years, I, I'm, with that system, I made over 1 million cold calls. Wow. And so what I learned from that through absolutely massive failure, mm -hmm. what I learned was every single thing to never, ever say again. <laughs> you, you learned uh, uh, 999,999 ways <laughs> to not do it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Because like there was no one in the, in the industry that could effectively tell, effectively tell me what to do, what to say, how to say it, when to say it, how to deal with an objection, how to deal with a concern, how to recognize what a condition is. Because you can't handle a condition. A condition yeah. is something that's like, well, you know, unless this happens, I can't do that. Well, yeah. no way to overcome that. But what I did figure out is how to surgically extract an, an objection from someone's mind by taking that objection, reframing in that, and showing them that that thing that is holding them back is actually the reason why they should move forward. I love that. But like, no matter what it is, no matter what their reason is that they don't want to work with me, it becomes the reason that they have to work with me. Yep. Not because, not because I'm telling them they have to, but I make them, them realize that I'm the one person in the world that that objection is false. Yes. It, I, the thing that they're afraid of happening is what I'm going to protect them from. Yep. It knocking and, down and false so beliefs. I, <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's knocking down false beliefs. It's, it's, it's causing them to believe that I am the only logical choice because if they choose anyone else, they're going to be hurt. If yep. they choose me, they're going to be moving towards pleasure. They're going to, they're going to get the desired result that they're looking for. Yeah. So that's where I come from with, with everything that I do, whether it's real estate or now that I'm in high ticket coaching, um, I come from the place where it's like guaranteed. You cannot fail if you embrace me because I will not allow it. Yes. Like I, I, one of my listing partners, cause like I've got this network where we sell properties like all over the country. Yeah. And how I end up getting them is, is someone will come into my coaching program uh, and they won't want to follow through. They won't do it. And they'll, they'll say, well, that doesn't work. Um, you know, so like you show me, you get me on the phone. Yeah. Cause like, I'll do that for people. Like you, you can't lose if you invest in me, because if I have to, like, I'll do the work for you. Yeah. Like not forever. Like, no, not forever. Yeah, for sure. I'll teach but, like, you how to fish. Do it and show you that it works. And so like this, this one guy in LA just happened to be in LA. He's like, I, I can't make this work. You know, like this stuff doesn't work. I want to see you do it. Mm -hmm. you know, so he's like trying to call my bluff. I'm like, okay. So you're like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so like, we're literally on a zoom like this and I'm like, okay, fine. So now I'm going to call his bluff. Do you have the phone numbers? Do you have the leads that you're supposed to be calling? Well, yeah. Okay. Dial a number. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> you so know? Um, so we got right on a call and, you know, the first one didn't answer and I just had them keep dialing and, and I, I think you might've dialed like six or seven numbers, um, before like we actually got someone we could talk to. Mm -hmm. And then with that particular one, I, the guy was like mad because like he had gotten all these different calls. Right. But no matter what objection he came up with, no matter what reason, like I have this rule, but when I'm teaching cold calling mm -hmm. um, and I hate calling it cold calling because it's not like I'm, it's warm. Like, uh, like I'm, I get so deep into it. Like I'm projecting warmth and love to oh, the wow. person I'm talking to. Um, so it's like, it's warm calling, right? Because I'm not calling to get your listing. I'm calling to help you sell your home. I'm calling to help whatever that dream is that you are dreaming of, the reason that you want to sell it. I'm calling to help that dream come true. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with me wanting to make my Mercedes payment or something, which is why sure. real estate agents call people. I totally agree with that. It's, it's really interesting. Like some of the stuff you're talking about is because um, it, it's, you could have all the scripts that you want. I know that you've got a system and we'll talk a little bit about that, but what you talked about so far was very much rooted in like mindset. And, and I yeah. love the, the high D part of the conversation and the contrarian part of it, because that's probably why you and I get along is because I don't like being told them to do either, especially like you said, if they're doing it wrong or, it, or a, we could be doing it a better way, however you want to frame it. Um, but if you're setting yourself up to fail, if you're looking at a phone being like, they're probably going to hate me instead of, I have a solution, I have to help them understand that. And I, I think that it's very fascinating just in our space, especially how many times that can be the barrier because it, you know, in our business, we can get way wrapped up into tactics and this thing and that thing and, and this Facebook ad and this method and blah, 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 blah. When really it tends to be a lot more behind the ears than anyone gives it credit for. So it's just, it's super interesting uh, to me that you've led with that because like you do high ticket coaching, you teach all these concepts and um, 
I think that those breakthroughs happen every single day because people realize that if you've got to shift it up here, that's where success lies. You know, I'm curious what you think about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like one of the things I teach, if, if anyone's paying attention on this call is like people say, well, I don't want a cold call. I don't want to read because they don't want to hear from me, you know, whatever. But it's like, here's the way you have to look at it. Are you the best person in the world at what you do? Okay. Now I believe with every fiber of my being that I'm the best in the world at what I do. Now let's pretend for a second, you're a local real estate agent and you, and you are thinking to yourself, well, I don't know if I'm the best in the world. Okay. Well, are you best in your marketplace? Right. You know? And even if you want to have some self doubt, like, are you the best for that particular person that for sale by owner that expired that person who wants like are you going to walk through a wall for them are you going to protect them from harm uh -huh. because especially in real estate i don't know how many people take their, their fiduciary responsibility seriously but like we have this code of ethics and all that like which by the way is absolute it, it's bs okay <laughs> just because you signed a piece of paper and took an ethics class does not mean you're ethical like, like, I am never going to tell anyone that just because they're a realtor, that means that they're ethical, which is the dumbest commercial I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> uh, because I think that highlighting that actually will, will make people think, well, if they're telling me that, that means that they know that a lot of people aren't ethical. That's yeah. interesting. Kind of like my theory on Cedric the Entertainer, but that's another podcast. <laughs> I, I'm interested. That's a good teaser. We'll talk. We'll, we'll unpack that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's like if you know that you're going to absolutely protect these people from harm, and you don't reach out to them to offer your services, if you know that you can provide a superior result, but there's possibly in your market and I guarantee you it's not even a possibility there's real estate agents in your marketplace who want nothing more than a commission and they could care less about those people absolutely and they have commission breath and some people can smell it a mile away mm -hmm. some people are oblivious to it yep. and they end up hiring that person and then that person gives their home away which is every seller's biggest fear that is some kind of slick savvy real estate agent is going to come in and try to convince them to give their home away yeah because the real estate industry thinks, and I see this on posts almost every day. I just saw one yesterday in one of the big groups, lab code agents. Hopefully some of your uh, people are in there, but one of the ridiculous things that people say is what's the most important thing? And everyone says price, 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 price. Well, here's what I have to say to any of your listeners. If the price is the most important thing, what in the hell do they need you for? Amen. Because like, then they could just put it on Zillow themselves. Yep. Then they could just put it for sale by owner sign for a really cheap price yeah yeah price it's our job to be able to amplify the value of that property and then sell that property for actually above market value that's what every seller wants is to sell their home for above market value and if as an agent if you can wrap your mind around that mm -hmm. and then portray that message and guarantee to be able to do that for people and be confident enough in your abilities to be able to do that. And you know that there's people in your marketplace that simply want to give homes away because all they care about is the commission. Now you have a moral obligation to make those calls, to set those appointments, to ask for the listing, because if you don't protect them, you're doing them a massive disservice. Yes. So when you make that mind shift that you're literally the equity protector for your neighborhood, like that. 
shoot, that's like your job. Uh-huh. I got I got goosebumps there because I uh, so um, I I have a theory, and again I love, I love batting these things back and forth with you because I believe that being a good real estate agent is very very hard. The threshold to become a real estate agent at all is too low. I I think. Yeah. Um, sure. a, because of the fiduciary responsibility, because of we are buying and selling some of the biggest things that people are going to buy in their lifetime. Yep. It's, it's, it's actually a little frustrating and saddening that you can get a, a license so easily and then just go, you know, go start running deals and they have no idea what they're doing. So the switch and the change I think our industry has to make is very much, um, uh, we, we call it the trust ladder. So, you know, you, you and I are both uh, uh, familiar with Russell and those guys, Russell Brunson. They talk about the value ladder a lot. Now, um, we call it the trust ladder. So, who's at the top of the trust ladder? So, who, who could, could burst in your door and bust in your door and you'd be happy to see them? Uh, that'd be a firefighter, probably, you know, because your house is on fire. Um, could be a paramedic, you know, um, uh, uh, police officers in the right instance, you know. Um, Real estate agents are down there at the very, very bottom of that trust ladder, ladder unfortunately, where yeah. lawyers reside, you know, and all, whatever, you know. So how can we differentiate ourselves and how have you differentiated yourself from those people um, to become a trusted real estate agent and someone that they trust you with the sale of your home? How have you gone about doing that? Oh my God, there's a bunch of ways. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, every year, uh, the National Association of Realtors surveys people in the last several years, realtors have come out like literally dead last on the bottom. They cannot find an industry in which they trust less. And the, the one that's right above us is a used car salesman. And I'm not talking about the Chevy dealer. I'm talking about the cheese ball guy that's on the corner. Yep. The guy that you see in all the movies. Yeah. And people think of us as below that because we, they think that we're scam artists that are knocking on the door to steal their hard-earned equity rather than to help them amplify their value and harvest more of that equity at the time of the sale. So yeah. the number one way that I build trust in, in my clients is, you know, for one, by guaranteeing my results. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm giving you whatever result we've discussed, I'm guaranteeing it. You know, so in other words, I'm going to sell your home above market value in a certain amount of days or I don't get paid. Yeah. Like, uh, in, in, most realtors don't even realize like that's, first of all, they won't give a guarantee, but at the same time, they don't realize that they're, <laughs> the whole industry is guaranteed based. Like right. not one realtor has ever been paid to not sell a house. Good point. You know, but they still won't embrace a guarantee, even though technically every single realtor gives a guarantee. <laughs> right, right, right. By default. Uh, so the good ones will embrace that, but most don't because they're afraid. Uh, they don't know what to say. Um, I've also learned that uh, if I come from a place of I'm really, really want to help you, like people can feel it. And so it's like a feeling that they get because I'm, I'm really honestly there to help them. I don't honestly care whether or not I make money on the deal. Yeah. And because I don't care if I make any money on the deal, they embrace me and I make money on the deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if I'm chasing the money, it, it's no different than like, you know, if you ever seen a deer in the woods, like what happens when you try to chase it? Like it, it runs away, right? So, you know, prospects pursued run away. When we chase the money, the money runs away. And so don't be about the money. Be about helping the people because they can, they can feel your intention. Uh, 
even if um, you don't know what your intention is, like they can feel it. If 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 you don't have deliver, deliberate intent, and if you're just trying, because I see it every day, like people will post, well, how can I make more money? That's the wrong question. Yes. You know, and that's the reason why you're not making it. It should be, how can I help more people? What is the problem that I solve? What's the thing that I'm best in the world at? In my case, if, I, if I'm wearing my realtor hat in my local neighborhood, I'm best in the world at selling homes above market value, getting the best possible price and terms, selling that house, that building, or that property faster than anyone else, making it as hassle-free and pain-free as possible. Um, and because I'm able to do that, I become a trusted advisor. Mm -hmm. And also, it's a whole nother level. It's everything real estate. Like if someone wants to know how to put a deck on their house it, and they don't know who to call, they don't know how to fill out a building permit, that's something I can help them with. 100%. You know, if someone thinks they're overpaying on their property taxes, I can help them determine whether or not their property taxes are on the money, yep. whether they're, they're paying too much, in which case we can show them how to get them lowered, or if they're not paying enough, in which case... We highly recommend they don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, so what what I love about what you're saying there is is it, so we talked about the, that trust ladder, just a concept that we just kind of made up but discussed and both understand. But um, you are finding ways to move up that trust ladder and then become a trusted advisor. That's that's the biggest thing because if you become a a resource and a trusted resource for whatever their their real estate related problem is not just the agent and the buy and sale of my home you mm -hmm. take over the market that's some of the things that we actually talk about in some of our programs is is how do you become like uh, the mayor of your town in a lot of ways and that's you know if you are you've articulated a lot of it beyond just taking over on the marketing side it's a lot of what we talk about is you know being very present but like be the person that people come to. And I'm, I'm yeah. mildly obsessed. Actually, it's funny you said that. I don't know if you were listening to the previous episode of the podcast, just talk about this two episodes ago. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I just, I love that. So let me ask you this though. So um, obviously you've got a long track record of success in, in now you're very confident in situations where you're like, I've got, I've got years in the industry. I've got, I've got so many transactions under my belt. I've, I've bought and sold a million homes. I've, I've made a million cold calls, right? Um, you, that, that mindset shift, I would imagine, started pretty early on. How were you able to, how were you able to say, hey, I'm not worried about the money. I'm only worried about taking care of you and becoming the trusted resource for you without that track record of success. How'd you get there? Well, how I got there was through a, a, a painful process. <laughs> a really pain, because like I didn't have a coach, I didn't have a mentor. Like, so I had to go outside of the industry because the, the people that are coaches and mentors in the industry, and there, there's probably a couple of good ones, but like, I mean, I've never met them or heard of them or anything. <laughs> so I- That's like they're not there, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> there probably one exists. I just don't know who they are and they're, they're playing seeker coach. Yeah. Uh, so I had to go outside the industry uh, for the kind of help that I really wanted because there was a time in my career when I was all about the money. Like I was about churn and burn. Let's make as, as many sales as possible because look, that's what I was taught by those coaches. Mm -hmm. And it created like, look, I made good money, like really good money. Yeah. Uh, but I was burned out. You know, I, everything was painful. Like everybody was a nail and I was the biggest hammer. 
Yep. You know, like that's not fun for anyone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't lead to referrals. It doesn't lead to happiness and fulfillment in your life. So eventually, um, you know, I started to just shift mentally in, in having the realization. And because I made all those cold calls, because I went on tens of thousands, like I did tens of thousands of quick pitches, like over the phone, right? Because, you know, the first thing is you make the cold, the cold call yeah. and you either get hung up on or you make a pitch. Yep. Right. And so uh, in the pitch, in this case, is for a listing appointment. And so that's like a mini win. And yep. as I started to learn, you know, over time, what people love to hear and what they hate to hear. Mm-hmm. And the same thing at the kitchen table. And then the next level is when you're when you actually have the listing and you're going through the process of making the sale. If you pay any attention, you figure out what people love and what people hate. And so I just over time, I just started to focus on everything that they love. Mm-hmm. And what they love is when I'm actually looking out for their best interest, when I'm not concerned about my commission check, but my concern is selling their home for the highest possible price. Yeah. Did you, do you have a time that you remember where like you kind of turn that corner in like, like where you sit at a table and you just turn that corner and you just said, screw this. Like, this is the way I need to be doing it from here on out. And then that, that consequently, got the that attraction i i I do um in but here's the thing i think most people learn from a negative experience right so we learn from failure sure much more than we learn from success so so i can remember like with like it's a vivid memory recall i'm sitting at these uh people's house in elgin illinois and um it's some asian people and they called me out to their house to list their home. And in, we, we went through the whole presentation. They told me they were comfortable and confident. They thought that, you know, I was the right agent for them to get the job done. But they didn't want to sign the listing contract, mm-hmm. right? And like, now how I, I had been taught throughout the industry is like, well, yeah, close again. And keep on closing and keep on closing and keep on closing until they either throw you out or they sign it. <laughs> So that was sort of my perspective, right? So I, I looked this guy right in the eye and it would be something like this. Aaron, when I talked to you on the phone, you told me that if, I, if you were comfortable and confident that I would be able to get you the price you want, the time you want, and the best possible price and terms, and yeah. that you're happy with everything, that you were ready to list your home with me, that you wanted to get your home sold as soon as possible. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely true. Okay, great. Now you told me here in the listing presentation, we went through everything and you said that you're comfortable and confident that I can get you the best possible price in terms of your house, blah, 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 go through the whole thing. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I want to think about it. I'm like, well, what is there to think about? Mm-hmm. Like, just sign the contract. If you change the mind, your mind after I leave, then you can call me up and say, hey, I changed my mind. I'll rip up the contract. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm the, I'm the type of person that wants to think about it. And then I look at his wife is your husband really the kind of person that wants to think about it? <laughs> like, you know, seriously, like, I mean, you're comfortable and confident. I get the job. Like, and I'm just being Mr. Hardcore closer. Right. Yeah. And, and then finally, um, that doesn't work either. So then I look the guy in the face and I say, are you just bleeping, wasting my bleeping time? <laughs> are you serious? Do you want to get your home sold or not? Let's do this. Just sign here. And then the guy signed. <laughs> okay. And then um, it was a horrible experience. 
in like two weeks later, the the guy finally got up enough courage to leave me a voicemail that said, look, I just wasn't ready to sell my, because like then they didn't let anybody look at the house, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just cut off all the showings, everything. Yeah, okay. Like I'm calling him and he won't answer the phone and I'm leaving him voicemails. And so he leaves me a voicemail and he's like, Bill, look, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm really not ready to get my home sold. But like you just put me so hard. I signed a thing to get you out of the house, you know? And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and then, so like, then I kept calling the guy and I, and I said, look, I said, it's no problem. I'm going to let you out of the contract, but I, I need to come over to the house, get the lockbox, get this signed. And I appreciate if you could talk to me for a few minutes because something went horribly wrong here. And I want to learn from the experience. Yeah, that's good. That's huge. And, um, and you know, and then when we're all done, you know, like I will list your house for free. Like, cause like, I don't want you to feel like the way clearly I made you feel. Yeah. Like if you want to work with me, I won't even charge you anything. You're, like, you're going to have to pay the buyer, you know, whoever, but you won't have to pay me in. Yeah. Because I just don't feel good about this situation. And he's like, okay. So then I went over there, I interviewed the guy and all that. And I said, okay. So like, I, I was serious. I'm not being Mr. Hardcore salesman. Now I really appreciate all the help and insight that you've given me into what yes. I was doing wrong so that I can change my business. And I will absolutely honor my promise and I will sell your house for free. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to pay out to the other side, it's, you can pay two and a half, three and a half, I don't care. Whatever you want to pay, yeah. that's cool. We'll put that in the MLS. Um, it, if a buyer happens to come to me off the sign, I, I'll still, it'll be nothing. Like, yeah, yeah. And he just said, no, like, um, I appreciate that. But like, I really, just, I'm not ready. Like I, I might, it might even be a year. Interesting. Uh, and so, but it was so much insight. Like it was at that moment that I realized, Oh my God, like I'm a hammer. I'm treating everyone like a nail mm -hmm. and it's just horrible, but it's, it's the way I was taught yes. to do it in the industry. And so then I kind of had like a little, I don't even want to call it epiphany. It was like a point of depression. Like I, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, and then I kind of marinated on it for a little while and I shifted the way I do things. And because of some of the things uh, that the guy told me, one of the things was like, I didn't feel like you really gave a crap about what I wanted. You just wanted a commission check. Sure. Um, and he was right. <laughs> At I that wanted time. a commission check. Yeah. Um, and then so like, you know, I don't, it probably took a couple months and, you know, and even to this day, it's still something that's always in the back of my mind that I always want to make people feel like no matter what I've charged them, and I do charge a premium for everything that I do, whether it's on the real estate side or on the coaching side, whether it's in real estate coaching or high ticket coaching, another industry, my biggest objective, no matter how much I've charged them, is to leave them with a the feeling that they absolutely ripped me off. Like, yeah. like that I didn't charge them. Enough. Even if I charged them a million dollars, I want them to feel like they, I should have charged them 10 million. Yes. And because of that, I, I shifted from someone who like was probably leaving like this wreckage <laughs> you know, everywhere I went. Cause I'm essentially kicking people's butts to get them to, you know, and, and that was like, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. But it still affects me today. And uh, so like, I, I always want to, my philosophy shifted from under promise and over 
over deliver, yes, which is what most of the world has heard of, to over promise, but still find a way to over deliver. That's great. I love that. You know, so it's like that way people like they're super excited on the front end. And then the further in the process they go, the more they excited they get. And by the time they're all done, they're like, I can't believe that just happened. Sure. That's the way I want to lead people. Because <laughs> uh, it just, and then, you know, of course, then I started getting referrals because, you know, people are super happy instead of feeling like they were forced into it. Uh, so it's like, then I got on this mission to help the industry. Yes. Which is, it's, which is rampant. Which is what the real estate insider Yeah. About. Yeah. Um, and you're right, it is rampant because all that anyone really cares about in the, in the trainers and coaches are just teaching them go after the commission. And then even the big flags, uh, you know, like the Remax, it, and the, I don't know, you know, and when I name a name, I'm just giving perspective because sure. I think they're all great companies from a certain perspective. But from the agent's point of view, all the companies mostly care about today because a lot of them are 100% companies or like a super high split company, but they charge transaction fees. Mm -hmm. So they want you to do transactions. Yeah, just boom, boom, boom. So they yeah. teach you to churn and burn. Some of the biggest real estate companies in the world are the biggest discount companies in the world. Sure. Because the, the, the only thing they have in their toolbox is reduce the commission. Yes. And, and it's like the industry needs to realize that it's not about the commission. Like that, that's a byproduct of helping someone to protect the equity that they have in their house. Yes. Uh, you know, and so to sell their home above market value, to, to amplify the value to those potential sellers, um, and then uh, to help them to harvest the most amount of equity from their home that's physically possible so that you become an investment versus a cost or a liability. Totally. So when people ask me, well, how much do you charge? And they say, well, I don't charge anything. You know, it, it's totally, it doesn't cost a dime. Actually, if you list your house with me, you make money. Yeah. Like you make on, on average, you're going to make 10%. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. So good. It's so good. <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just like a completely different mindset. And I'm, I'm so glad that you asked that question because I, I do, usually I do like two or three podcasts almost every day. Yeah. Like I can't even remember the last time anyone asked me that question. Good. Well, I, that's what I, that's what I aim for. <laughs> it was good because it helped me remember where I came from too, which is something yeah. we all need. No, hundred percent. And I uh, no, Hey, absolutely. Well, I, I, I love it because, um, where, where I've had a lot of epiphanies in, um, not only just sales and just marketing in general and just kind of the business that we're in, um, understanding, uh, there were, there are two things I was really thinking of when you talked about it is when we learn like trap, how to generate traffic and traffic concepts. Um, uh, one adjustment, if you, if you stop thinking about traffic and start thinking of them as humans, it gets, it gets easier because we can relate to that. Right. And then the other part was, um, Tony Robbins talks about, um, everyone buys, uh, based on a feeling. Okay. They buy something that because it makes them based on a feeling. So the uh, the story that you told, and thank you for telling the story because it's an amazing story. And it's something that, that at that time it shaped, you even said, you were like, this is how it shaped how I've done things for 20 years since then. Yep. Um, that guy didn't feel, it didn't make him feel good. He actually was like, get the hell out of my house. And that's how bad it was. But you went back and, and rectified the situation, learned a ton from it. And I guarantee you, he felt so much better afterwards because now you guys are talking on a same plane. It's not like, 
you know, like you said, that two weeks where you guys were, were not communicating and talking, like that probably was horrible feelings for both of you, you know? And yep. then you get back to it and you're like, okay, where, where are we? How'd we get here? Let's fix this. And now the reason why you're so successful in what you do now is it starts with, at the end of the day, I want to become an asset to you. I want to make you feel good about everything. I want you to be mad that you aren't giving me more money. That's, yep. that's amazing because that is completely different from a lot of where the industry is. I think you and I lament that, uh, that same, the two of the same things and just, um, the industry unfortunately has a lot of, a lot of negativity in it. And that's, I think what we aim to fix a little bit. So I love Absolutely. It. yeah. Um, I got a couple other, uh, more specific questions for you, if you don't mind. So this one is, um, if you were to start over today with the, with the skills that you have, if you were to jump back into real estate today as like a brand new agent, um, with today's tools, you know, like social media is, you know, part of it, um, all kinds of technology, like what would you do? What would you do differently? What would you do more of? What would you do less of? Um, I'm just, I'm just curious, honestly, you know, based on your experience. Well, if you're asking me, like, what would I do if, uh, <laughs> if I lost everything and, and had to get back? In That's next, another version, yes. <laughs> uh, like, the one listing away challenge. Um, <laughs> you know, I would literally ignore all the technology that there is, and I, and I would pick up my phone, and I would start driving neighborhoods, and I, I would find uh, what I call help wanted signs. Most people call them for sale by owner sign. Um, and I would knock on their doors. I would take down their, their phone numbers. I would take picture of their home with my phone. They weren't home or didn't answer their door. Um, and then organize that with the people that I'm you know, following up with. And then uh, once I got to the point where, like I would 100% focus on for sale by owner. Yeah. Because those are active people that want to sell their house right now. Um, expireds you don't know what their story is. Maybe True. they want to sell, maybe they don't. Maybe they had a really bad experience and they, they still need to sell and they want to find a good agent, but we don't know for sure. But for sale by owner, there's one thing for sure. Their house is on the market. Yeah. Like they want to sell their house. And agents think to themselves, well, they're selling it by owner because they don't want to talk to an agent. Right. But, but I have found that in the majority of the cases, as hard as it is to believe, the reason that they're, selling by owner is because they don't know anyone who's a real estate agent and not a single real estate agent has sent them a postcard knocked on their door or given them a phone call yeah and so like so many for sale by owners are like oh my god i was waiting for one of you guys to come over here that's why I put <laughs> right right and then um the, what people probably have in their head and the reason not to go reach out to them is because they got told to F off one time by a first sale by owner because possibly he had a bad experience on his first home and then he on the second one he's like, screw this, I'm just gonna do this on my own. But they're they're carrying that negativity with them, I'm sure. You know, like you said, I love the help wanted sign thing. I think that's yeah. great. <laughs> you know, in like the real estate industry has a bunch of scripts and that's a problem. Yeah. Because if 20 people do call a for sale by owner expired or any, even a Zillow lead, to the same script, yeah. pretty much hear the same thing every single time. And that, that screams to the, to the customer, to the homeowner that like, this person doesn't care about me. They're not asking about my problems. They're going through a script to try to get my business. Yeah. Uh, so like, that's horrible. So like the biggest advice I could give to most people is like throw those damn scripts out the window, come from the heart, 
called people up and offered to help solve their problem because they have a problem. Every for sale by owner's problem is they have a home that they no longer want. Yeah. Like it's that simple. Let's unpack that a little bit just out of curiosity because I'm sure that while you said throw all the scripts out, I totally agree with you. But do you have like a, like a lot of Russell stuff, they have like a four question, you know, close and just things like that. Do you, uh, do you just kind of, and, and kind of asking for, for our listeners, so to speak is, you know, okay, cool, Bill, I hear you loud and clear, get rid of that script over here, speak from the heart. But like, can we structure that just a little bit? Like, what would you tell someone or what are you coaching people? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I do have a hard stop in like three minutes, so I can't okay. share everything, but, um, the first thing I would say when I call up a for sale banner is like, look, you know, my name is Bill. I'm with, you know, XYZ Realty. Uh, and I see that you have your home for sale. Uh, what can I do to help you get your home sold for above market value? You know, I'm not trying to get your listing, but my, my job and my responsibility in this community is to make sure, because here's the deal. Here's the deal, Aaron. You may not know this, but believe it or not, I own real estate in the area. My, friends, my family, everyone that I know, like, and care about owns real estate in the area. You know what else, Aaron? My mom owns a house in the area. Like it. And if you give your home away, you're going to hurt my mother. Nobody has permission to hurt my mother. <laughs> so my objective here is to help you get your home sold above market value, whether or not you want to work with me or not. Like it, even if you sell it for by owner, that's fine. You can sell it by owner, but there's some secrets, some real estate sales secrets that I want to share with you so that you can maximize the sales price of your home. Because even if you sell it by owner and you see the commission, that's going to hurt everyone in your neighborhood. Now is your objective here to get the most amount of money you possibly can when you sell your home or do you hate all your neighbors and you really want to hurt them when you sell <laughs> I love it. I hope everyone was recording that. We're transcribing that. And that's Dobskin. <laughs> uh, no, I, I know you got to go. Um, final thing would be. Um, Copyright Bill Crane Productions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. TM. You know, so. <laughs> um, you know, I, I sincerely appreciate you taking the time really seriously. Um, I, I, I very much enjoyed it. So um, tell, tell our people, okay, how can they find out more about you? what you do, how you can help them, uh, plug yeah. yourself shamelessly, man. Yeah, man, like, follow, and share me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere you can possibly imagine. Uh, I'm branded on all social as Bill Crane Now. If you can't remember that, just type Bill Crane into Google, and you'll end up at BillCrane.com, and then you'll find links to where you can become my friend through social media, and you can click those links, and it will take you to any one of my profiles. Uh, you can also go to, I have a free membership site called proventtoprofit.com that anyone of your listeners can get a free copy of my book, Generating Clients for Life, that I'm showing right now. So if any one of your listeners on your podcast is not subscribed to your YouTube channel, I highly suggest it because not only can you see what Aaron and I look like, but you can also see what my book looks like. <laughs> it's actually real. And it's called Generating Clients for Life, and that's what it's going to help you do and when you go to proventoprofit.com, proven, the number two, profit.com, reason it's named that is because I don't share theory. I'm not a theorist. If I'm sharing it with you, it's proven and it works and you should just do it. I love it. Because you're going to make money from it. I also have a proven to profit uh, Facebook group that everyone should join. And ultimately, if you're in some other industry and you want high ticket coaching, or even if you're in real estate and you want to learn how to sell 
multi-million dollar properties instead of $69,000 properties, because it's the same amount of work, I can promise you that. It's just a lot more money if you sell the expensive ones. Right. Then go to twocommacoach.com and fill out an application. I'll give you a free, just because you heard this on Aaron's site, normally uh, I do a $997 consulting where I can help people which is fully refunded. If, if for some strange reason, they don't get the answer they're looking for on that console. However, that's never happened yet because I've never had a failure yet and I don't intend to embrace one. But Thank because you. you are one of Aaron's listeners, all you have to do is type in the Q, coupon code, Aaron Better. How do you say your last name? Better. Uh, Bador, Bador, it's French Bador. Canadian. Don't worry about Aaron that. Yeah. Bador, <laughs> and you won't have to pay a dime. Love and it. so thank Aaron for that thousand dollar gift. Um, and uh, I thank you all for listening. And uh, hopefully uh, Aaron will have me on again sometime in the future if, uh, if this is actually a well-received podcast. Hopefully <laughs> share this with everyone you know, like, and trust that you want to make more money in 2019 because we want to blow Aaron's podcast up and make it the number one in the category. Oh my God, I just assumed it wasn't. It probably is already, but if it's not, <laughs> let's get it there. Let's get it to number one. Let's start a new category. Let's make Aaron the category king for this podcast. I love it. <laughs> Boom. I, as we call the podcast, that was hot, nasty value. Guys, plug into this stuff. You absolutely have to. You won't regret it. Um, like you said, proven, that's the key, right? So, absolutely. Uh, Bill, I can't thank you enough. You're awesome. You're amazing. Um, can't wait to catch up with you a little bit later. Um, I will be, uh, I'll send you the, the podcast as soon as it is published. You could share it as well. Um, thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks so much, Aaron. And because I had so much fun here, I'm going to be late for my next one. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you, man. Take Have a good one, brother. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye.